0: Business rap business rap of the day on Metro FM talk
1: with Ayabongawe.
0: Yeah, nineteen minutes it is after seven PM. We go straight into the latest in the world of money and power. And joining me on the line to take a look at the latest market news is Makwe Masilela, founder and chief investment officer at Makwe Fund Managers. Lochan, Lochani, Makwe, Gunjan. Ah, he's I'm a fan Okay, no,
1: no,
0: no, no. No, that's good, my brother. You can see my... umra umra okay. No, you can see my is coming on. Slowly but surely, I need to spend a bit more time maybe in Mshanga there somewhere. Makwe, I want us to yeah, start sure. off, uh, you know, with the two sectors. I did say, as, as I was introducing our show tonight, that we I wanted us to look at some of the, you know, based on the results that came out and the numbers that came out, half-year numbers that came out, to look at two companies that certainly benefited, I guess, from what we saw during the pandemic. And I mean, one might be words food division, because a lot of us were spending a lot more time at home and cooking. But then I guess the other one is probably the DIY space and uh, cash build uh, certainly uh, benefited from the boon in uh, renovations and uh, construction work that happened during the lockdown. So let's maybe start off there with cash build. Uh, Yeah, revenue numbers and gross profit numbers much lower than what we saw, I guess, uh, in the six months ending uh, December 2020, if you compare it to a year later.
1: You're right, Aya, and yes, I mean, even operating expenses were down, you know, and as a result, we saw their operating profit decreasing by 14%, you know. But you are right, Aya, you can only renovate your house up until a certain point. Yeah. We can only improve our work and study from home up until a certain point. And remember as well, other than making our environment better, we didn't have much of a choice because we were not allowed to go anywhere else. Mm. We couldn't go out to restaurants or holiday, whatever it is. But now the main, the other sectors of the economy started opening up. and that discretionary spending, people can start going on holiday, whether it's local or whatever. People can start going out, dining out. You know, remember there was even a time when people didn't see a need to buy clothes because will say. I'm going to wear them going away. But mm. as soon as we've seen the relaxation of the lockdown restrictions, then definitely people started channeling that money into other things. So it's not surprising to see the guys doing as they're doing now with their interim seeing that their profit is down 27%. And we need to realize that, yes, this is still a good business because, mm. number one, it's not just called cash bills. It's a cash business. Sure. And hence, it's called built. And they've got almost 317 stores. And I don't know if people are aware that even P and L hardware, those 54 P and L hardware, they belong to them. And these guys, they service almost everyone. Um. They're developers, your constructor, you know, contractors, you know, almost everyone. But what I like, their products are tailored to specific needs sure. of the communities they serve.
0: Yeah. And I guess, you know, tailored as they are, Mark, where they were faced with, with some selling price inflation as well. And I'm quite interested, I guess, in what you mm. you think might have driven that. Why, on the cost base, in terms of their product mix, were they seeing, um, you know, this massive surge in price increases?
1: You know, and I think, for me, I see it the other way, Aya. Because mm. if you're selling price inflation, it's sitting at 8.8%. Number one, is very good and high because it's more than... Our CPI, and that to me, it means that it gives you some headroom to be able to increase prices above inflation. And they've managed to cut their cost because now, as I said earlier, if you look at their operating expenses, they were done by almost 10%. So they've tried to do some cost containment going forward. And if the guys continue to do that, then they will survive. And the problem here is, while comparing different from the previous six months, which was very excellent. So hence we think the guys didn't perform well. Just look at their cash and cash equivalent. I mean it's almost thirty three percent lower and that's mainly because of that substantial final dividend that the guys paid. And also the guys because their cash flush, their cost of at stores not yet recovered from insurance, the guys had to pay. To repair their stocks while they are waiting for insurance to pay, so that just shows you how strong their parentship is. Mm,
0: mm, mm. And uh, I guess you know if if one looks at uh, all of the other messages that have been coming through in terms of. You know, um, infrastructure build. Uh, one does expect that that might also have, I guess, some, you know, demand trickle uh, on the part of some of the contractors or subcontractors into a cash build, uh, which uh, might give us, give it, um, you know, quite a strong revenue boost um, in the coming months, right through into the coming few years.
1: Uh, if I'm not mistaken, once Utrecht built allows you to do a lay by? You when you were lay by, you know, uncle, you this guy's looking to still do a lay by.
0: lay by, yes, <laughs> Dina Bab.
1: Yeah, you know, guys go with their plans, mm. they work it out, they cost it out for them that listen, really this amount of material is going to cost you X amount, so you can start to pay, you know, up until you finish paying us, then we'll deliver. What a nice mm. way, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to, be able to, to, to buy whatever kind of material. They've got those kinds of facilities. Yeah. Yeah. So if it comes to construction, if it comes to the fact that people will end up maybe having uh, the benefiting from infrastructure spend, workways is there and stuff like that, then most probably these contractors can still go to them to get help you with the pricing mm. and get a nice discount. Because competition is huge anyway. Don't forget we've got this sorry to call them the no brand, you know, uh uh, what do you call it? Hardware, you know, which are also coming up. Mm. But we still have, all, let's call them the independents. Yes, we still yes. have a lot of independents, which are very uh, competitive as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mark, I mean, if, if we were to shift our attention, I guess, you know, away from cash bill just for a second and go to Woolworths. Um, and uh, always, I guess, whenever they put up any updates, uh, a lot to look at because you kind of have to look at the Australian operations and uh, also look at the South African operations. And within the Australian operations, there's different divisions, David Jones, Country Road. And then in South Africa, it's the you know fashion, beauty, um, you know, and cosmetics, and then, of course, the food business as well. But before we get into all of that, I mean, for me, just the contrast, Mark, where, uh, you know, at the tail end of this um, particular half-year announcement, um, the contrast between Australia and South Africa. I mean, let let me just read it. You know, they say the South African economy is showing encouraging signs of a post-pandemic recovery, notwithstanding this high unemployment coupled with rising inflation and rising interest rates are likely to remain a headwind for the outlook on consumer spend. Now, that's for South Africa. In Australia, trading conditions are expected to improve post the Omicron peak at the beginning of the second half as restrictions ease and consumer confidence recovers. Footfall in stores is also expected to improve, albeit that is likely to remain below pre-COVID levels, particularly in CBD areas. While the prospect of rising interest rates will have some impact, the underlying fundamentals of the economy are sound with record low unemployment, rising wages and a robust housing market.
1: It, it 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 does it does make sense. I, I, I and mean, then these are two different economies. We Imagine. just have to acknowledge that. Imagine. Does not mean if we see a lot of our guys going to Australia, it's like we are like them. And the guys number one, their per capita income is much higher than sure. ours. Sure. And remember the likes of Australia when it comes to lockdowns, they were much stricter. I mean they had more of what you can call an extended lockdown. You know, and then yes, that managed to impact them. But later on, when they were lifting all that, you know the guys started doing okay. But I mm. think the most important thing is that these results are not directly comparable to the one that you've seen in the previous period, given the impact of the lost in sales arising from that prolonged lockdown in Australia, and to some lesser degree, some disruptions that we had back home here. Yeah? And also remember, in Australia, before, the guys had what they call a job keepers Allowance and then some rent relief. So mm-hmm. this time around is not there. And then that it supported the prior, uh, the previous period. But see their turnover and concession sales being down two point one percent. But the overall trading momentum and I think for me that's more important. It has improved in the last six weeks of the six months with sales growing 3% in that six weeks, and they were supported by that more targeted Black Friday promotion that we saw, some positive face, festive season trade as well, and also, as we said, with the lifting of those lockdown restrictions mm. when it comes to Australia. And yes, remember the previous results, and that is why we we'll always see these results in a negative light. Remember, the guys made money from selling that property as well yes, in Australia. Yes. So that worked for them as well. So, to see there, and I think we don't have to look at profits as, as headline earnings per share in this instance, but look at the adjusted diluted headline earnings per share. They are done only 16% compared to your normal headline earnings per share, which are done percent mm. And, uh, yeah, why will you raise the dividend? It's because the guys are confident going forward. And also, the guys manage to reduce their debt yeah. by a further 7 billion rent. And for the first time since 2014, just like oil prices, the guys are in a net cash position. Oish. I mean, for for me, for me, it, it, it's a sign of improvement. Mm. We know they've got competition when it comes to food, you know, especially on the higher LFM. The likes of Shoprite, you know, that starting to to come into that mm. space as well. And we were even saying earlier in the day that now we're talking about ShopRite coming into that space. Who said the rights of Pick and Pay and Spar are also not preparing themselves to get into that higher MSM. Probably mm. they're doing that. Yeah. And who said maybe you won't get some international retailer also coming into that space? Anything is possible. So it's all well and good to make sure that when it comes to their food uh, or groceries, they we expect them that to continue to do the right think, so that they can maintain or contain whatever customers that they have. Mm-hmm. But you cannot shy away from competition. There will always be competition now and then.
0: Have they managed, Makwe, in their fashion business to overcome, I guess, the bogey they've had over the last few years or so? I mean, that business in the South Africa operations has been battling somewhat and very much carried by the food business and uh, you know the strong performance that's come through from that, that side.
1: And you guys are no longer buying, you know, those kind of clothes because you didn't have any reason to go anywhere else. Ah, just those clothes. no, (laughs) no. But I, I, I think going forward, I saw the guys at some point, they were saying they are prepared now to introduce what they call third party, kind of a, a, a language, so that but to some lesser extent, so that people can have more variety going forward. And we have seen your country road, your David Jones, I mean, they are self-declined, you know, both country road and what do you call this thing? Mm. Uh, david jones but going forward i think it's going to be challenging because we've got new trends coming in and competition as we said there's nothing much you can do about it we just have to find a way that whatever 15 10 percent that you control of the market just hold to it and make sure that you satisfy them but as you are saying the south african economy is showing encouraging signs of those post-pandemic recovery so probably it might
0: help, yeah. We certainly hope it will, Mark. Where uh, I want us then, I guess, to uh, shift and take a look at a few relatively smaller cap stories, uh, and maybe we can start at the movies. Uh, I think we've spoken about this before, certainly here on um Metro FM talk on our business rep, uh, uh the business rescue process at Sturkinicor Theatres. Now, uh, we know Greenpoint Capital, a South African uh, credit investment firm, and Blantyre Capital, an investment management firm based out in London. Um, you know, were, I guess, hovering around this particular business rescue prospect. And they've now offered 250 million or a quarter of a billion rand uh, to uh, rescue the cinema chain, which could effectively save 800 jobs. What what, what are the terms of this particular one?
1: You know, I, I think so far the guys have managed to get it right. They've managed to tick all the boxes. Because the most important thing was to come move the money and make mm-hmm. sure that we don't the French people, and even if it has to be looked by the competition uh, authorities in this country, they'll be so happy that at least the jobs can still to be saved, and then the guys, anyway, money is already on the table, but also remember that most of the funds to be used for settling some business uh, rescue costs, we, I wish we had exact amount, how much is that, transaction costs, capital expenditure, and I. I uh, what do you call it accounted cost and also the debt that becoming part of that. But then a certain portion to dividends. My point, Aya, is that almost hundred and eighty eight million will be for that and only fifty two million will be retained for the business to, to draw down on as a working capital. What I'm trying to raise Aya, you take the whole two hundred and fifty million, you see the better part of it is going to servicing all the costs that were incurred because of business risk. Yes, we know there's been under business rescue for 14 months, and then we are happy that that part of debt. So you should ask yourself that if those costs were not there, how much money was going to be required? When they still require 250 million, I bet they probably they will require maybe around 150 million. So it just shows you that as much as business risk will save you some time. but there are such huge costs yeah. associated with that. I mean, for guys to say, I mean the better part of that is going to those kinds of things.
0: I mean, look—they're saying they only dedicate what sixty-two million of that two hundred and fifty million to working capital for the next few months or so, and um, the rest, I guess, as you say, are all of these costs—you know, fees uh, for financiers and yeah, all manner of other things.
1: And in that VET, and why is that VET arising? The VET is because of a consequence from the business rescue settlement, and yes, there are still dividends as well as well mm. that you have to look at, but you look at the capital expense. So all I'm trying to say. We cannot say 50 percent of the money goes to that but a significant yeah. amount of the 250 that goes to those kind of things so i think maybe we need to relook look into this whole thing of business rescue mm. how we we'll do it mm. you know it's a good practice but i think people are making a lot of money out of it and maybe that's why we get businesses being in business rescue for long and forever, mm-hmm. and even some of them not being able to come out of that. Because the money that you have to put in, if you want to rescue that business, it becomes so much, and mm-hmm. then forgetting that you've got a significant amount that is associated to the business rescue, what do you call yeah. it, cost. Yeah. I mean, look, we saw
0: Stephen Smith, the business rescue practitioner here, sharing, uh, you know, what those who had lent money to Sir would get Because we also know, I mean, the, the business rescue process is about making sure that the creditors are able to recover something. Uh, and it does seem here, I mean, you know, aside from the landlords, uh, yeah, very few people are getting, you know, anywhere beyond, I guess, uh, a third of uh, what might be owed to them. Uh, so effectively, many, many of the creditors, here, in particular trade creditors, are taking a massive shave. I mean, you know, the trade creditors, some of which include the landlords, getting five cents in the rand.
1: Uh, Why, I guess, yeah, I mean, If that man are saying that with a creditor, you're going to get at least 90%, you know, of what we owe you, then it comes again. So as you're saying, i mean getting 5 cents out of a rent. So basically, I mean, that's a very fair cut mm. that creditors end up getting. So I think, I don't know, maybe you need to talk to those guys so that they can unpack this properly. But for me, the it looks like, I think, Most businesses, they were struggling to come out of business rescue because of the cost Mm. associated with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then maybe, I guess, uh, you know, a last one here, Mark, where as I did say, I mean, a bit of the small cap stories here, but an interesting development here in the world of South African fintech and our capital appreciation we know have uh, invested in quite a few payments you know, uh, payments-related fintech uh, in South Africa. And they've now put down a 40 million rand, or just shy of 40 million rand deal. Well, no, sorry, shy of 50 million, 48.68 million, uh, to uh, buy a combination, I guess, of a few entities here in the responsive banner, but also, I guess, uh, entities out in the Netherlands as they widen their offering in fintech, uh, but also, I guess, play in software as a service and uh, other parts uh, of the financial technology landscape.
1: Remember, the guys themselves, you know, they're focused on investing and in growing businesses that deliver some compelling or innovative and disruptive solutions to their financial institutions and other clients. And yes, you are right. I mean, that's been... For those three financial technology companies, it's gonna cost them around for eight point six million, and they're gonna finance that through cash and uh, shares that already are sitting with treasury, their treasury, not our treasury. And remember, now the guys believe that this whole transaction is consistent with their investment philosophy of investing in established. Asset light gold companies that deliver innovative and disruptive fintech solutions to mainly institutional plans. And yes, the guys, as I say, they expect that these companies will accelerate when it comes to the demand for electronic payments and some of the cloud services. So I think it's a wise move for them. Markets like the news, Mm. at some point, when you check the stock, it was up over 5%. Yes, it's more kind of liquid. And yeah, but yeah. I think that's good news for them, and it's more or less in line with their strategy and philosophy.
0: Sure. Makwe, we'll have to leave it there. As always, a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Pleasure.
0: That there was Makwe Masilela, founder and chief investment officer at Makwe Fund Managers, joining us for our business wrap. Business wrap. Business wrap of the day. On Metro yeah. FM Talk with Aya Bonga yeah.